Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. From London, we present the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Geneva Mystery. Episode 1, Too Young to Die. I don't really care for this restaurant, do you see? No, I much prefer the little place we usually go to. You know, you're drinking far too much coffee, Paul. Mm, it's a sign I've been working hard. Have you really finished the novel? Mm-hmm. Finished it last night. Well, are you pleased with it? Am I ever really pleased with anything I write? Steve, how would you like a holiday? Switzerland? Wherever you like. I'll think about it. Yes. <laughs> I know the next line. If we go to Switzerland, I'll need an awful lot of new clothes, well, darling. Well, true, I shall. <laughs> Paul. Mm-hmm. That man over there, near the service table, keeps staring at us. Yes, I saw him. His name's Maurice Lonsdale. He's a financier. Owns a great deal of property in the West End. As a matter of fact, I think he owns this place. Do you know him? Only by sight. Maurice Lonsdale. I've seen his name in the gossip mm, You probably have. I say, looks like a financier. Even to the carnation in his buttonhole. <laughs> oh, he's leaving. Yeah, he probably heard you saying rude things about him. But he can't possibly no, have heard. Of course he couldn't. To get back to Switzerland, where would you want to go? Oh, whenever you feel like it. We could leave on Friday. Oh, that's pretty short notice. I mean, you've got to book the hotel, and I, I have to arrange for Charlie to do... Excuse me, sir. Hmm? Uh, Mr. Lonsdale asked me to give you this note. Oh, thank you. Oh, and you might get my bill, waiter. Yes, sir. What is it, Paul? He says he'd like to see me in his office. What about, I wonder? <laughs> We'd better go and find out, darling. Uh, this chair is more comfortable, Mrs. Temple. Thank you. I do hope you'll forgive me for staring at you just now, but uh, it seems such a remarkable coincidence. Coincidence? Yes, I picked up the phone twice this morning with the intention of speaking to you. And then at the last moment, I changed my mind. Well, what did you want to speak to me about? Uh, it was about my sister, Margaret, Margaret Milbourne. You may remember her as Margaret Beverly, the actress. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, about six years ago, she married Carl Milbourne, the book publisher. Carl Milbourne? Yes. Wasn't he killed in a car accident about a fortnight ago? Yes. You knew Carl? Uh, I'd met him, but I didn't know him well. Where did this accident happen? In Geneva. Dreadful business. Margaret, poor darling, has been in a terrible state ever since it happened. The last two weeks have been pure hell. It must have been a dreadful shock for her. Yes. Was she with her husband when it happened? No, he was in Switzerland on business. He was knocked down crossing the road. I had to take Margaret out to Geneva to identify the body... Believe me, that was quite an ordeal. Carl was so badly smashed up, his face disfigured. Mm, it must have been an ordeal for both of you. Uh, Margaret's always been highly strung, and I'm afraid this is quite unbalanced. Uh, that's why I was going to phone you, Temple. Uh -huh. You see, uh, she's got this extraordinary idea that, well, that Carl isn't dead. But surely you saw the body. Yes, I'm positive it was Carl. Well, apart from anything else, I recognized the suit he was wearing. Then why should your sister think that it wasn't her husband who was killed? 
Well, for one thing, she consulted a medium. She asked her to get in touch with Carl, and she failed. And Margaret seems to think that this proves that Carl is still alive. Sure, oh, it's ridiculous, but you'll know what women are when they get ideas into their heads. Also, Margaret's very depressed because they had a quarrel of some kind just before he left for Geneva. But can't her doctor help her? He prescribes sedatives, Mrs. Temple, but she refuses to take them. I'm afraid my sister's completely dominated by this obsession of hers, so much so that she's made up her mind to consult you, Mr. Temple. But why should she consult me? Can't you guess why? She wants you to find her husband for her. How much further have we got to go? I thought you parked the car just round the corner. I did. I left it in front of this letterbox. Well, it isn't here. Well, this is very odd. It's very annoying. I'm getting terribly wet. I don't understand this. I swear I left it here. Did you lock it? Yes, of course I did. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't just stand here. No, I suppose. I suppose I'd better ring the police. We'll go back to the restaurant. I can phone from there and we can pick up a cab. All right. Oh, gosh, it's absolutely pouring down now. Wait till you see the papers tomorrow morning, won't I? Just look a fool. Paul Temple's car stolen. Private eye <laughs> sends for Scotland Yard. <laughs> Picked a very nice job, then. I'll say that. Yeah. She goes like a bird. And did you find any papers? No, I went through the pockets and the dash. No idea who it belongs to, then? No. I picked her up in one of those squares off Knightsbridge. Oh, when she's had one of Bert's repaints, and no, I don't recognise her. That. And only 5,000 on the clock. Yeah. Because it's new. <laughs> Better in some ways. Ah, it's a hell of a night. Shouldn't think the cops will be hanging around on a night like this. Hey, how long will it take us to get to Bert's place? About 40 minutes. Don't want to go too fast. No. Don't take any chances. Hey, does that car want to pass us? It's been on our tail for the last couple of miles. Yeah. Yeah, I've been watching him in the mirror. It couldn't be a police car. <laughs> you tell me. Yeah, I'll slow up a bit. If they're slowing up as well. I can't see for the headlights. I don't think it's the cops, then. Oh, well, we're coming to the double carriageway. I'll wave them on. I wish we'd change those damn plates. Hey, they're coming up, then. What the hell's he playing at? Ah, it's all right. It isn't the cops. Pull over a bit. Uh, are they still coming? They've, they've opened the side window. What the devil are they? Look out, Dennis has got a gun. What are you talking about? Then pull up. We're going for the ditch. Do you think you could tear yourself away from that paper for a minute and pour me some coffee? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, dear. Uh, we're out of coffee, so I asked Charlie to make tea. All right, then, tea. And maybe a little sympathy. Sympathy? Well, the car was stolen last night, remember? <laughs> I've been reading about it in the paper. Mr. Temple, usually so self-possessed, was irritated when our reporter asked about the stolen car. Hmm. Don't ask me what happened, snapped. Britain's number one private eye. I haven't a clue. I've never said a word about not having a clue. Yes, what is it, Charlie? Uh, there's a police inspector in the hall. Inspector Lloyd, I think he said. Oh, that'll be about the car. Ask him to come in here. Yes. In here, please, sir. Oh, thank you. Good morning, Mr. Temple. Oh, good morning, Inspector. 
I don't think you've met my wife. No. Steve, uh, this is Inspector Lloyd. Good morning, Mrs. Good Temple. morning, Inspector. I just looked in to let you know we found the car. Have you by Timothy? That's quick work. Yes, but I'm afraid it's in pretty bad shape. There was a serious accident. Oh. Where did you find it, Inspector? Uh, we found it in the ditch just outside St. Albans. It's very nearly a write-off, I should say. Oh, oh Lord. Any trace of the driver? I'm afraid so. He was still at the wheel with two bullets through his head. Oh, once. no. But who was the man, do you know? Yes, he was a well-known car thief named Den Roberts. We found some fake number plates in the back of the car. I dare say he planned to swap them as soon as he got to St. Albans. You've no idea who shot him, I suppose? No, we haven't. We think there was another person in the car, but he or she got clean away. Hmm. It's a bit of a problem, but Sir Graham said to let you know we're working on it. Mm, thank you. What's happened to the car, by the way? It's in the Pentagon garage in Cumberland Street... They're going to give you a ring. Oh, good. Well, if there's nothing else, Mr. Temple, I have a busy morning. Yes, yes, of course. I'll see you out. No, no, no. I'll see myself out. Morning, Mr. Temple. Good morning, Inspector. Good morning. I suppose it didn't occur to Inspector Lloyd that whoever shot the thief might have thought that they were shooting you. What? Oh, good Lord, Steve. Whatever gave you that idea? Oh, you know. You thought of that yourself. You must have done it. It never entered my head. Paul, it was your car. It was a very dark night... The number plates hadn't been changed, so anyone following the car must have thought it was you who was driving it. Not necessarily. Besides, how do you know the shots came from another car? Yes, Charlie, what is it now? Uh, it's uh, Mrs. Milburn, sir. The lady seemed a bit upset, so I'll put her in the study. Oh, all right. Tell her we'll be with her in a minute. Temple, the more I think about it, the more certain I am that the dead man we saw that morning wasn't Carl. Then why didn't you say so at the time, Mrs. Milburn? I was so upset, so confused. Mm. But your brother identified the body. Yes, I know, but he was upset too, and... You've seen Morris, then? Yes. My wife and I had dinner last night at the Lesco restaurant. Your brother invited us into his office for a drink. Oh. Tell me, what was your husband doing in Geneva? He went out there on business. To see Julia Carrington. The Hollywood film star? Yes. She retired to Switzerland four years ago, and Carl had heard a rumour that she was writing her memoirs. He was very anxious to find out if it was true. Yes, the autobiography of Julia Carrington would certainly be a scoop for any publisher. Yes, that's what Carl said. He had a very good agent in Switzerland, but he insisted on seeing this woman himself. Mrs. Milbourne, I don't doubt that you really believe that your husband isn't dead, but... Is this feeling just a hunch? No, it's not just a hunch, Mrs. Temple. It's more than that. A very great deal more. Do you mean you have proof that he's alive? Yes, I have proof. And that's why I came to see you. Then tell me about it, Mrs. Melbourne. When I came back from Switzerland after the accident, there was a parcel waiting at home addressed to Carl from a shop in Saint-Maritz. It contained a hat, Carl's hat, the one he wore when he went to Geneva. He had a weakness for buying hats. I knew immediately what had happened. He had apparently visited St. Moritz, bought a new hat, and had told them to post his old one home. Yes, but this must have happened before the accident. I'm coming to that, Mr. Temple. The hat was no use to me, of course, so I gave it to the gardener. The day before yesterday, he asked to see me. He said he found a piece of paper in the brim of the hat. Here it is. Oh, go on, Mrs. Melbourne. Well, you see the handwriting and the date on that piece of paper. Yes, I see the date. January the 6th. That note was written two days after the accident. Yet it was written by my husband. Are you sure it's your husband's handwriting? Yes, I'm positive. What's in the note, Paul? Please don't worry. I've seen Randolph, and everything will be all right. We'll get in touch later. 
But your husband couldn't have written that note after the accident, Mrs. Milbourne. Yes, if you believe it was my husband that was involved in the accident. But I've already told you I don't think it was Carl who was killed. Then who was it? I don't know. Mrs. Milbourne, assuming your husband did write this, does it make any sense to you? Have you heard of anyone called Randolph? No, I haven't. I can't imagine what he means. Well, now, what would you like me to do? I'd like you and Mrs. Temple to come out to Switzerland with me. With you? I want you to make absolutely sure that it was my husband who arranged for the hat to be sent back to London. Also, I'd like to know what Carl was doing in St. Moritz. He never told me he was going there. Well, perhaps he went to see Julia Carrington. I believe she has a house in St. Moritz, as well as Geneva. Well, my brother spoke to Miss Carrington when we were in Geneva. She said she'd never seen Carl. Apparently, her secretary had had a brief chat with him, and that was all. I see. Mrs. Milbourne, do you mind if I ask you a personal question? Please, ask me anything you like. Did you and your husband have a quarrel before he left for Geneva? How did you know? Did Morris tell you? He vaguely mentioned it. Well, well, please don't get the wrong impression. Carl and I very rarely quarrelled. In fact, there was only one thing we ever really disagreed about. Mm -hmm. Carl was anxious to avoid death duties. He always took it for granted he'd go first and... Well, he just would talk about it. I hated the subject. I, I used to keep telling him, you're too young to die, Carl. And he talked about death duties the night before he left for Geneva? Yes, he did. But we were quite friendly again the next morning, and I saw him off at the airport. I see. Well, I'd like to think about what you've told me, Mrs. Milbourne. Where can I get in touch with you? Oh, here's my card. You can ring me at that number any time. Oh, thank you. I'm very grateful to you for listening to me. It's very kind of you both. I, I hope you'll be able to help me, Mr. Temple. Well, we'll see. I'll see you out, Mrs. Milbourne. Thank you. Goodbye, Mr. Temple. Goodbye, Mrs. Milbourne. Paul Temple speaking. Good morning, Mr. Temple. This is the Pentagon Garage, Cumberland Street. Oh, good morning. We've got your car here, Mr. Temple. Oh, yes. What's it like? Um, well, this morning sometime. Probably about uh, half past eleven. That's fine. Ask for Mr. Watford. I'll do that. Thank you for ringing. Who was that, darling? It was the garage about the car. Did you see Mrs. Milbone off all right? Yes. Poor woman, she's had a bad time of it. Yes. Well, are we going to Switzerland? I don't know. There are one or two things which don't quite add up. Such as? Well, for one thing, if that note was written by Carl Milbourne, why on earth didn't he... It's all right, I'll take it. And hello? Is that Paul Temple? I seem to know that voice. You should, Ducky. It's Dolly. Dolly Brace. Good Lord, Dolly, after all this time. How are things with you? To tell you the truth, Mr. Temple, dear, I'm a bit worried. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Dolly. Is there anything I can do? All right, Dolly, why don't you come round here? Well, if it's all the same to you, dear, I'd sooner meet you somewhere else. In the open somewhere, a park, someplace like that. Well, what about the zoo? Oh, that's a wonderful idea, just the place. I'll be inside the main gate in about 40 minutes. See you then, dearie. Yes, all right, Dolly. Well, 
Well, you're certainly having a busy morning, Mr. Temple. Who is this Dolly? Take your mind back seven years, Steve, to the all-time flop of the season over my dead Ooh. body by Paul Temple. Yes. Dolly Brazer played the maid. I remember her now. A pert little redhead. Hmm. Wasn't she involved in some, uh, oh, yes, yeah, some drug scandal or other? Yes, I put her in touch with Arnold, and he got her off with a very light sentence. She was pathetically grateful. Hmm, I remember. Well, I must get a move on. Steve, let's meet for lunch. Usual place, about one fifteen. Yes, that's fine. And Paul, hmm? don't be too nice to Dolly Brazer. <laughs> Ah, there you are, darling. Nice to see you again. How are you? Oh, I'm all right, dearie. You don't look all right. You look very worried to me. Yes, well... Oh, come on, let's sit down. <clears throat> now, what's all this about? Have you been getting into mischief again? No. No, I haven't. Well, what are you doing these days? Where are you working? Oh, I've tried all sorts of things since we last met, Mr. Temple. I even did typing till I found out I couldn't spell. <laughs> you haven't answered my question, darling. Where are you working now? Um, I'm a nightclub hostess. Oh, where? Oh, in Soho. And you're in trouble? No, I'm just worried about you. Worried about me? Yes. I've never forgotten what you did for me. Uh, look, Mr. Templer, I wish you wouldn't get mixed up in this Swiss affair. Swiss affair? You mean Mrs. Milbourne and... Yes. Go on, darling. I... I don't want to see anything happen to you, or that sweet wife of yours. Why should anything happen to us? It will, if you get involved in this Milbourne affair. Do you know Mrs. Milbourne? No, I've only heard of her, in a roundabout way. She came to see me this morning. Yes, I know. She told you her husband wasn't dead, and she asked you to help her. Yes. Well, don't, Mr. Temple. Don't. It just isn't worth it. It's very nice of you to be so concerned about us, Dottie, but Steve and I have come up against a few ruthless people in our time, and we're still alive to tell the tale. Then you are going to help Mrs. Milbourne. I haven't made up my mind yet. Well, can't say I haven't warned you. I'd never have forgiven myself if I hadn't passed the word. But you haven't passed the word, Dolly. You haven't told me anything. I told you to be careful. Dolly, is Carl Milbourne dead? Was he killed in that car accident? I don't know anything about Carl Milbourne. All I know is... Go on. A certain person doesn't want you to help Mrs. Milbourne. Who is this person? I don't know. But you must know. I don't. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. Why? Because I'll be taking a terrible risk, and I'm too young to die. Too young to die? Yes. Remember that, Mr. Temple. I'm too young to die. There's a Mr. Stone from the Pentagon Garage. He'd like to have a word with you, Mrs. Temple. Oh, Deborah, no, I'm just going out. All right, Charlie. Right. Mr. Stone. Oh, good morning, Mrs. Temple. Good morning. I'm from the Pentagon Garage in Cumberland Street. Mr. Temple's hired a car and asked me to deliver it to this address. Oh, splendid. Just in time, Mr. Stone. I was going to ring for a taxi. Oh, good. Then I'll see you downstairs, madam. The car's on the other side of the road. Thank you. I'll be down in a moment. Here's the key, Mrs. Temple. The logbook's in the cubbyhole with the insurance certificate, just in case you need them. Thank you. Can I give you a lift anywhere? Very kind of you. Where are you going? Towards Piccadilly. Oh. Oh, no, thank you, Mrs. Temple. I've got to go down to Kensington. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Hello? Is Mrs. Temple there, Charlie? Oh, hello, Mr. T. No, she's just this minute driven off in a car. What car? Well, the one from the Pentagon garage. But I'm speaking to the garage now. Who delivered the car? Uh, a Mr. Stone. He said you rented a car. Charlie, and... listen. Run downstairs. Get Mrs. Temple out of that car at once. But she's gone, Mr. Temple. She left a couple of minutes Charlie, ago. Charlie, get downstairs. Run like hell. Whatever you do, get Steve out of that car. Nice little traffic block, lady. Ha! <laughs> we'll be here for hours. I stuck at these flaming lights for 20 minutes last month and by fear missed his train. Why on earth can't they do something about it? Mrs. Temple! Mrs. Temple, hold on! Truly, whatever's the matter? Mr. Temple, on the phone! Well, jump in, jump in, we're moving! You've got to get out of the car! But I can't leave it in the middle of the road. For heaven's sake, get out! Mr. Temple sounded desperate! All right, all right. What's going on? You can't leave a car in the middle of the road like this. I'm sorry, officer, but you see... Madam, you're obstructing the traffic. You'll have to move that car immediately. You feel all right now, Steve? Yes, I feel much better. I think I'll get up, Paul, and have a cup of tea. No, no, there's no need to get up. Charlie, I'll fetch this one. If it hadn't been for Charlie, I don't know what would have happened. I do. Paul, don't. Have you been on to the garage? Yes. Needless to say, they'd never heard of your Mr. Stone. What happened this morning? This morning? The Dolly Brazer. Oh, can't you guess? She tried to borrow some money from me, a hundred pounds. And did you lend it to her? And why not? Oh, I thought it might be the thin end of the wedge. You know what it is, Steve. Once you start lending people money, Paul! What really happened this morning? What did Dolly want to talk to you about? She gave me a warning. Not to get involved in the Milbourne affair. Ah, I see. I didn't mean to tell you about this, Steve. Not today, at any rate. I I didn't want to upset you. Well, I'm not upset. I've got to know these things. I've got to be kept in the picture. Please, Paul. All right, darling. Mrs. Milbourne's on the phone, sir. Shall I switch it through? Uh, Yes, please do, Charlie. Right. Hello? Mr. Temple, this is Margaret Milbourne. You left a message for me to phone you. Oh, yes, I wanted to ask you something. Um, are you alone? Yes. Yes, I am. Did you by any chance tell anyone that you intended to consult me? I told Morris, my brother. Yes, yes, I know. I mean anyone else. Well, thank you, Mrs. Milbourne. So sorry to have bothered you. I'll be in touch with you again later. Steve, have we got anything fixed for this evening? No, thank goodness. Why? I'm going out after dinner. I'll be about an hour. I'm going to have another talk with Morris Lonsdale. you saw my sister, but uh, I hope you didn't take her too seriously. I don't think we can dismiss completely everything she says, Lonsdale. No, of course not, but uh, the fact remains that I saw Carl after the accident and I identified him. However, you're a very busy man. I'm sure you had a reason for coming to see me this evening. Yes, I wanted to ask you something. Well, please go ahead. Did you tell anyone that your sister was going to consult me? I... uh... I may have mentioned it casually to someone when we were talking about my sister. Why is it important? 
While my wife and I were talking to you last night, my car was stolen. Mm -hmm. The man who stole it was shot. He was mistaken for me. Good Lord. At lunchtime today, there was an attempt, a deliberate attempt, to kill my wife. And you think that both these... I think that someone is deliberately trying to stop me taking an interest in the Milbourne case. But surely no one would go to such lengths. Yes, what is it, Green? I'm sorry to interrupt you, sir, but there's been a phone message from Mr. Temple. Oh, yes? Uh, Inspector Lloyd telephoned, sir. He wants to see you immediately. He's at the Middlesex Hospital. Right, thank you. Will you excuse me, Lonsdale? Yes, of course. Uh, Green, tell Williams to bring the car around and run Mr. Temple to the hospital. Yes, sir. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Oh, there you are, Temple. I'm glad you got my message. Inspector, what is it? What's happened? About an hour ago, one of our people found a woman called Dolly Brazer in a cul-de-sac just off Kilburn Street. She'd been beaten up very badly, I'm afraid. How badly? Well, she's pretty bad. She's only spoken twice. On both occasions, she mentioned your name. I'd like you to have a word with her, Temple, try and find out how it happened. Yes, all right. If you'll follow me... This is Mr. Temple, Doctor. Ah, yes. Good evening. Good evening, Doctor. I've given her an injection, Mr. Temple, so I can't allow you more than a few minutes. No, no, of course not. All right, nurse. Dolly, this is Paul Temple. Can you hear me, Dolly? Yes. Is something here? Come a little closer, dear. There. Is that better? Yes, that's better. Who was it, Dolly? Who did it? I don't know who did it. Honestly, I don't know. You've no need to worry if you talk to me. Mr. Temple, I'm going to get better, aren't I? Yes, of course you are. You sure? Yes, of course I'm sure. I'm too young to die. Remember that, Mr. Temple. Too young to die. 